Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. With working from home and trying to stay in touch with friends and family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. My moment to chill is watching baseball, especially when the White Sox are on. I like to have a Coors Light beside me. It's a great beer to have watching the games as it's cool and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And even the mountains on my cans turn blue telling me that it's time to hit reset. Sit back, relax, and hunker down for an evening of White Sox baseball. So when it's time for you to unwind, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox wake-up call for August 5th, 2020. Just like Monday night, the White Sox came back from two runs down to extend their winning streak in Milwaukee. Just like Monday night, the White Sox suffered a costly shoulder-related injury. Two of them, actually. The Sox extended their winning streak to six games by beating the Brewers 3-2 on Tuesday night, with Eloy Jimenez swatting a game-tying two-run homer in the sixth, and Jose Abreu's RBI single putting the Sox ahead in the seventh. But while the Sox delivered a couple of big hits, they also absorbed a couple as the Sox lost Nick Madrigal and Edwin Encarnacion to what the team described as injuries involving the shoulder. Madrigal's didn't look like a shoulder. He made an ill-advised decision to go from first to third on a rocketed single by Luis Robert in the third inning. He slid feet first in the tag at third, but his trailing hand banged behind him on the dirt. It didn't look like much of anything, but Madrigal immediately grabbed his wrist and he held it all the way back to the dugout. That's the same wrist that Madrigal broke during his junior year at Oregon State in 2018, but if the team's initial injury report is accurate, Madrigal instead suffered a left shoulder injury on the play. Encarnacion's injury definitely looked like a shoulder issue on the other hand. He grimaced out of the box on a chopper to the left side and was pointing to that area after he reached on an infield single. He stayed in the game to run the bases, but Zach Collins took his place in the lineup when the DH spot next came to the plate. There does seem to be a difference in the severity. The White Sox simply called Encarnacion's issue left shoulder soreness with no further elaboration. With Madrigal, they called an injured left shoulder and said he will be examined further tomorrow in Chicago. Before, during, and after the injuries, it was another tense, taut affair with the pitching matchup that delivered. Lucas Giolito and Brandon Woodruff both threw six innings of two-run ball, although Woodruff had to work a little harder. The Sox tagged him for eight hits, but just about all of them were singles, and none of them were in the clutch. Juan Moncada almost broke through in the fifth inning, but Keston Hira made a diving stab and a hot shot in shallow right field to prevent Luis Robert from scoring on the play. As for Giolito, he limited Milwaukee to four hits and three walks over six innings while striking out nine, doing his thing by pushing with the fastball and pulling with the changeup. In fact, breaking balls only constituted eight of Giolito's 103 pitches on the night. It wasn't always smooth, as a couple of double play balls from Avi Garcia helped bail him out, but he only suffered damage in the fifth, when a few changeups were hit well to right field. 
Logan Morrison ripped one for a leadoff double, and while Nomar Mazzara ran down Omar Narvaez's drive in the warning track, Ben Gamble ripped a leadoff changeup for a two-run homer and a 2-0 lead. But the White Sox finally found the big hit themselves and provided an immediate answer. Yasmani Grandal led off the top of the sixth by winning a nine-pitch battle with a line single to center. Woodruff then started Jimenez with a first-pitch slider, but Jimenez waited back and unloaded for a 428-foot shot to center that tied the game. While clutch in the general sense, it didn't count as a hit with runners in scoring position, so Abreu had to contribute to that column an inning later. After Danny Mendick reached on an Eric Sogard error and advanced a second on the errant throw, the Sox risked stranding him there with a pair of strikeouts. But here came Jose Abreu, and Devin Williams missed wildly on a slider that allowed Mendick to take third in the first pitch. Abreu then sensed that Williams was going to attack with a fastball. He sensed correctly and got the hands in to pull a line drive to left field to put the Sox ahead. The White Sox were 1-for-10 with runners in scoring position and stranded 9 in the night, but the bullpen made that one hit hold up. Aaron Bummer's 7th inning was a piece of cake. The righties had to work harder. Jimmy Cordero put the first two on, but got Hiera to ground into a double play and struck out the struggling Christian Yelich to escape the inning. Colome then retired the first two batters in the ninth before mishandling a simple chopper back to the mound that should have ended the game. He gave up an opposite field single to Narvaez, but got Gamble to ground out to first to close out his third save in a wildly successful 6-2 road trip. Two big lines from the box score. Robert went 2-4 for four with a walk, two strikeouts in his fourth stolen base from the leadoff spot, as he continues to alternate between overmatched and electrifying. Jimenez went 3-4 for four with that big homer, which raises his OPS to a cool 10-45. While the White Sox are done with the road, they're not done with the Brewers. Both teams now head to Chicago to finish the rest of their four-game season series at Guaranteed Rate Field tonight. The game's at 7-10, and it's Dallas Keuchel against Adrian Hauser. Since Hauser's a righty, we'll probably see Zach Collins DHing in Encarnacion's place, and maybe Ryan Goins will get an actual start at second. We'll also probably see further roster moves like we did on Monday afternoon, when the White Sox placed Carlos Rodon on a 10-day injured list with left shoulder soreness and called up non-roster righty Brady Lale to take his place. To make room on the roster, the White Sox designated Luis Basabe for assignment. That's a bit of a surprise, given that Basabe appeared to be the most advanced of the disappointing logjam at Birmingham, but he's also been injured a ton, including a bruised foot during summer camp, and he's also out of options. He wasn't going to be rosterable by next March, so maybe the White Sox are seeing if they can sneak him through waivers now. As for Rodon, the White Sox sounded somewhat optimistic about his forecast, saying that the velocity problems on Monday night might have been more related to the pain in his neck. We'll see what they say about Magical and Encarnacion shoulders later today. Around the league, teams will have to shrink the rosters to 28 on Thursday, but that's where the rosters will stay the rest of the season. Due to all the injury issues, Major League Baseball and the Players Association agreed to eliminate the second roster reduction, rather than the original plan of trimming rosters to 26 after another two weeks. Taxi squads will also be expanded from three players to five. Updating the active COVID concerns... The Marlins returned to the field for the first time in nine days and, carrying a 30-man roster with 18 new players, beat the Baltimore Orioles 4-0. Among the new names are Mike Morin, Brian Moran, two different Josh Smiths, and former White Sox prospect Eddie Alvarez, who you may remember as a silver medal speed skater who experienced some success in the low minors. He's now 30 years old and ready to make his Major League debut at any time. The Cardinals have still been in a holding pattern in Milwaukee, but team president John Moseliak says he expects the Cards to return to St. Louis today in anticipation of playing the Cubs on Friday. The Cardinals had six players test positive, including Yadier Molina, Paul DeYoung, and former White Sox farmhand Ron Hellerivello. 
Running through some scores, the Cream of the Central all came away winners on Tuesday. The Twins improved to 9-2 after beating the Padres 7-3. The game featured three hits from Nelson Cruz and a nine-minute drone delay. The Indians returned to 500 after doubling up the Reds 4-2. Shane Bieber improved to 3-0, although after giving up two runs over seven and two-thirds innings, his ERA shot all the way up to 0.83. The Royals lost their fifth straight game, which also counts as the Cubs' fifth straight win, even though David Ross had to pull Craig Kimbrell in the ninth in order to preserve their 5-4 win. The Tigers remain idle since they were supposed to be facing the Cardinals. And finally, Mike Trout returned from the paternity list and homered in his first at bat as a dad, which helped offset the news that Shohei Otani is unlikely to pitch again in 2020 after straining the flexor pronator mass in his right arm on Sunday. That'll do it for this edition of the White Sox Wake Up Call. Visit SoxMachine.com to talk about the six-game winning streak and follow the injury and roster updates. If you're new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google's podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcast. If you're feeling generous or want a handsome Sox Machine coffee mug that pays tribute to Dan Johnson's White Sox career, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash SoxMachine. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine podcast. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.